everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Let's Begin Living. I'm your host, Alice, and today, let's get honest with each other. Have you ever had a breakdown and you just feel bad about yourself for days on end, even after the breakdown is technically over? Well, yeah, me too, honestly. Happens to the best of us. Why can't we just bounce back after pain as quickly as we want? I mean, everyone can agree that we experience a lot of pain during an emotional breakdown or doing something we think we shouldn't do or hard times, but why does our pain linger and why does it take so long to recuperate after these hard times? Well, I'm your girl to talk about this because you could say that I have a specialty in this. I do this really cute thing where I have a breakdown basically every single holiday. But what I noticed is that the time soon after a breakdown is not what I would consider a good time. And that doesn't make any sense because the breakdown's over the day after the holiday, the week after the holiday. Why do I still feel bad? Let's discuss how to live the life we want to live even after going through a painful experience. Okay, so I'm going to share a personal experience with you guys, a little bit vulnerable, feel super exposed. It's like when um, the doctor asked why I might have this excessive hormone in my present in my blood that like indicates early onset fatty liver disease. And I basically confessed to him that I really just eat Costco hot dogs. And he's like, yeah, that would might do it for sure. So you know, sometimes you just got to be really honest with yourself. Everyone is afraid to share. I'll share it. No worries. I'll be the first to admit that all of my IG photos are cute and happy and outdoorsy when I spend my, I have my fair share of breakdowns and uh, self-implosions for sure. Either you're not alone or I am alone. <laughs> Speaking of breakdowns, here is a pretty raw personal story. So my 19th birthday, as I said before, I have those breakdowns every holiday. Yes, my birthday is included in holidays. So In a perfect world, I would be happy on my birthday. That's a really common and usually easily supported belief. I have to be happy on my birthday, and most people don't struggle with that. But I love to cry every holiday, birthdays included. And I used to believe a lot of beliefs regarding food that were very unhelpful for me. So this is kind of like my story, my backstory. I kept myself in a bad place by accepting them as truth. I needed to be perfect and completely in control of everything, especially food. And this was difficult during celebrations because food is a big thing in, you know, our way of life here. So I ate a couple of cupcakes, which you and honestly, the present version of me might think that isn't a big deal. But when your whole life is precariously balanced on a false sense of control, this was the worst possible thing that could have happened. My life was over. I could not let the feeling of fear and losing all control and the thought, I hate you, go. I clung to it because I believed it would keep me safe, that it would give me back my control. I was terrified and full of self-hatred, and so I spent my 19th birthday crying in my bed uncontrollably, sobbing like the screaming kind. We've all had those breakdowns before. Like, Let's just be honest. We don't need any pity. We just need to know that we're not alone. So let me just remind you, three cupcakes, three. Now, if I eat three cupcakes now, do you think I'm all like, yippee, haha, good work. It was a great day. Keep it up, champ. No, I'm, I'm not like that. But the same dang fear creeps into my mind every time. And that's the same old fear. You are losing control. 
And the preventative thought, I hate you, I can't trust you, you are not to be trusted, you deserve to feel hatred. These thoughts are going to arise, the fear is going to arise. We all have these breakdowns and we all have these extremely intense emotions, you know, sobbing on your bed for your 19th birthday. Like, it happens to the best of us, right? So you're not alone and it's really important to know why. Why do we even want to live the life we want to live, have a meaningful, worthwhile life after these intense experiences? So I was sitting with my therapist one time back in the day and last year, and I I was experiencing or having like a pretty frequent, you know, I'm feeling intense experiences still like again and again, maybe in different ways or lesser forms. But I said to him, I don't even want to heal or grow when I'm experiencing hard emotions because I feel terrible afterwards anyways. Like I don't want to get over that that breakdown because the aftermath is just as bad. It's not worth it. It's like, it's like crossing the finish line of a marathon and then be like, okay, run another 26. Like it's, it was not any sort of relief. So increasing your ability to truly live your life, which means engaging in important things like conversations with loved ones, service, self-care, soon after you've lived through an emotional experience will help you maintain hope and a desire to heal during your challenges. And Even though you still might feel some resistance after a breakdown or an intense emotional experience, it's still it's still worth it to try and live the life you want to live, even though it feels a little bit difficult. You might experience some a little bit resistance. A lot of us get stuck in the trap of taking breaks. Like I'm just gonna take today off, or I'm gonna take a me day, and then all of a sudden that me day turns into a me week, turns into a me month, turns into this is my story, and I'll never get better. So we need to get careful or we need to be careful when we think about breaks. It needs to be a proactive break and a break full of self-compassion and self-love and not a break full of like, okay, I'm going to completely disengage from my life and forsake everything that I know makes my life meaningful. So of course, it's important to relax after you go through a very intense emotional experience. I remember after digging up all my trash and therapy sessions that I would have to just lie down on my bed and just be like, I'm alive. I'm a human being. It's going to be okay. This is a lot. This is definitely a lot. Just like let the feelings wash over me, you know, really naturally and organically. And don't let that break be where you're disengaging and not doing the things that are important to you. Let it be a part, let it be a time where you care for yourself more, just an increase of self-compassion and understanding. So when a break is no longer a break, it just becomes like this period of fear and identity and excuse. Another trap that I found myself falling into is that I used to measure my success based on how frequent and how intense these difficult feelings would come to me. But now I measure success and progress based on how well I live my life during and soon after I go through a painful emotional situation. So it's important that you don't base your success on how often these thoughts and feelings come to you because thoughts and feelings are fleeting. They come and go. So to base our success off of something that we really don't have any control over can be really disappointing and really frustrating. And it can also keep us stuck. People say that they can sense anxiety attacks, insecure like times or depressive times. And as much as we would love to get rid of those painful experiences once and for all, feelings and emotions come and go as they please. So our choice lies not in what we experience, but how we choose to live during and after the fact. This has introduced an added meaning or added sense of meaning into my life, even though the pain is still there. I repeat, the point is not to get rid of the pain. 
the point is that I'm not living in fear of what I might feel. So I'm enjoying the activities and the growth that I participate in even when I still feel those residual effects from having a breakdown or I'm still having some breakdowns. And lastly, another trap that we sometimes fall into is that we think that pain is going to kill us. And that might seem silly. Of of course, pain is going to kill us. No, pain won't kill you. And at one time, I was a little bit mistaken about this. So I was leading this meditation and I was leading people through this exercise where they're imagining like opening the door to this experience that they were having and just like coming face to face to it. And I said in the guided meditation, meet the pain, it cannot hurt you. And then afterwards, like, you know, everyone's like, wow, that was so fantastic. And this girl was like, oh, that was amazing. I just wish it could never end. Then she also said to me, but I think I, I don't know how to do something or I did something wrong because when I opened the door and I met my pain, it did hurt me. And I don't know if like there's something wrong with me or like that's not how it's supposed to be, but like my pain does hurt me. And then I thought about it for a second and I was like, yeah, I was, I was wrong. Feelings can hurt you. Feelings hurt. Being human hurts. It is literally painful to live. Like living is the thing that's going to kill us quite literally, but it is so worth it. So there must be a reason and a way to live with pain. So it helps kind of to think about what does your pain feel like and like the literal sensations of pain. And, you know, we can feel in all sorts of ways. I mean, I talked to this girl who told me that she feels the Holy Ghost through her nose and I was like, that's really cool. Um, I mean, when I feel feelings like sensation, physical sensations on my body, really common ones that are associated with pain or discomfort is I feel this really intense closing in my throat. It makes me like my brain is like, you are going to die. Like this is going to kill you. And really it won't kill me. It tells me I'm in danger and it's super scary and it hurts, but it won't actually kill me. And of course, we'd all love to not feel this pain. We'd all love to just be happy all the time, wouldn't we? Well, if all we were searching for was the feeling of happiness, like the sensation of happiness, the thoughts that are along with happiness and the internal experience that comes along with happiness, then we'd honestly all just be druggies. I mean, instant dopamine, we don't really want happiness and we don't actually not want sadness. Every experience is welcome in a meaningful life, a meaningful life full of all the things that you've always wanted to do, the heartache, the misery, but also the joy, the excitement, the peace and contentment. So now that we've gone over multiple traps that we can fall into, don't let them make you afraid. Just because traps are there doesn't mean you have to fall into them. Let's get into how we can live a meaningful life even after we've had a breakdown or an emotional or an intense emotional experience. So number one might sound a little bit weird to you, but this really works for me and it's remind yourself that you are still alive. And this has to do with the whole like pain can't kill you thing. So our brains are awesome. They named themselves and they create memes and analyze The Bachelor and write songs like Apple Bottom Jeans. They also keep us alive as if we were cave women. Your brain uses modern words like stress and pressure and loneliness, but it feels that primitive anxiety to survive, the weight of the world to provide for your needs, and being excluded from the tribe that will keep you safe from the wolves. So our brains have adapted to use words we use today, but they use the same psychological methods to prevent us from dying. Our feelings are magnified by life or death instincts 
and restricted by our non-urgent word choice. So I had this one experience where I left my phone on a seat and then I left the building. And then I was like, oh, I, I left my phone there. I need to go back. And when I went back to this long row of seats, there was a guy sitting. There's only one seat taken by this guy and he was sitting on the seat where my phone was. And I knew it was there. I knew it. And so I went up to him and I was like literally towering over him, like waiting for him to notice me. And then he like wouldn't look at me. So I was like, <clears throat> did you find my phone here? Or like, did you find a phone here? And he wouldn't even look at me. He just like shook his head. I was like, no, like go away kind of. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like I literally, I cannot live or exist without my phone. So I literally sat by him and I pulled out my email and I emailed my mom and I was like, mom, please play the find my iPhone sound. And so she did. And that guy who would not pay attention to me or even look at me, the sound went off and he jumped out of his seat and he was like, oh my gosh. And then I just like walked up to him and I held up my hand and then he put the phone in my hand and I was like, thank you. So that kind of happens where like all of a sudden I was tunnel vision. I was like, this guy is sitting on my phone. It's a do or die now. He is the enemy. I have to get him. So just remind yourself that, hey, I just experienced a lot of pain there and that was really hard. That was terrible. I did not enjoy that, but look at me. I'm still alive. This second one is way easier said than done. Let me tell you, and it is choose to do things that you don't want to do. So why don't we want to do the meaningful things or the worthwhile things in our life after we experience heartache? I mean, we feel or we experience this punishment, shame, you know, maybe we feel sick inside, disappointed, scared, fearful. We have no hope. Like, why is it that when we feel those things, we also feel a resistance to do the things that make our life wonderful. Living has brought, I mean, maybe it's because living has brought you so much pain. So if you stop living, you won't feel the pain anymore. That's an easy connection for our brain to make. Maybe it's life becomes not worth it anymore. Why would we try to live our life to the fullest if it's just going to bring us pain, pain that will completely be unbearable, you know, that kind of thing where pain will kill you. When you believe that your pain is completely unbearable and will kill you, then there is no point in trying again. So it's important to realize that pain is not the end of you. As time goes on, your brain figuratively relaxes and gets less tense. But how much of our life are we going to stay stuck in this miserable and terrified limbo after we have a breakdown, right? And so you have to remember that like, I feel so much pain and so much resistance right now to doing the things that make my life great, that make my life wonderful, real, messy, raw, beautiful. I feel so much pain. The pain won't kill me. So I am going to talk to this person, even though I feel like I deserve to be alone and deserve to be in shame. I'm going to go to this party, even though I feel like I don't deserve to be around people. I'm going to eat a healthy meal, even though I feel like I don't deserve to eat. Does that make sense? So what things should you do? Well, that's easy. Do things that bring your life meaning. And those are your values. And some of us are not super attached to our values as of right now. And that's totally okay. I've definitely lived my life with that. We naturally do things that make our life wonderful and real even when we're not completely aware of it. So some of the values you could have are like kindness, compassion, service, like being adventurous. Um, you could value consistency in your life or maybe human connection and like meeting a lot of people. So really what I'm trying to get at is you should ditch the happiness and sadness like binary options here. Can you live a life full of compassion regardless 
if you're sad or happy? Can you do something generous even when you're sad or happy? You see how this works? You can do the things that make your life worthwhile even when you're anxious or calm. Like you don't have to be one or the other to do your to live your values. So you have to stay close to your values or else you'll feel like there's nothing that you can do. You're like, oh no, I have to wait until I'm, I just, I want to be happy. That's my end goal. And really, no, you want to be a generous person and you don't have to wait for happiness to do that. So ponder on what makes your life worthwhile. Write it down. Be grateful for those things. Do anything you can to remember them so that when you feel overcome and overwhelmed with your emotions, you'll know that there is more to life than your feelings. And your life can still be worth it even when you feel sad or happy, just any, when you feel anything. Okay, and my last tip for living a meaningful life is something that I literally cannot do. Okay, I don't want to say I can't do it, but I do not practice. I struggle so hard to do, like to live. It is the bit, like it is something that I'm really working on right now. It is definitely affecting my life super negatively and I want it to be used as a tool and that is validation and not just validation as you normally think but to validate yourself that's that's my tip number three validation actually cannot come from anyone else but you because no one can define you no one can validate you if no one can say who you are like we're so into be like no I am who I am I want to be me I want to be individual but then we look for other people to define us and to make sh- like help us feel okay about who we are. But no, you define you. You define who you are and your role. But then you also have to be the one who validates yourself. So you don't actually want others to validate you. You don't really actually crave their stamp of approval or recognition or whatnot. What you really crave is self-compassion. You want the universal stamp of approval to be human to not be perfect. You want to feel okay with not being who you think you should be at all times. Because if it is not okay to be perfect, then your existence is literally for naught. But it is more than okay to not be perfect. And it better be more than okay because I'm definitely not perfect. And no one can give you that stamp of a universal human, you know, universal approval. Like, yeah, it's okay to be human other than you because you choose who you want to be. So how you do this is you relate to yourself like a loving friend would. So what have you gone through recently? Are you really insecure? Are you struggling with school? Are you struggling with friends? Are you weighed down by how terrible you feel about yourself? And now imagine all your, you know, quote unquote problems and struggles, all of those are actually in someone else and your bestest friend, someone that you love so much, and they come to you feeling these feelings. So your friend comes to you and they're extremely insecure. I mean, what would you say to them? Would you be like, yeah, if you just tried harder, then you wouldn't be secure. You should just work harder. You should control yourself more and then you wouldn't be so insecure. No, you'd be like, wow, that is so hard. Everyone feels this way sometimes. You are worth it. You're not alone. I'm right here with you. You are not perfect and that's okay. I love you even more because you're not perfect. I love the things about you. So You would say these things. Now, imagine it's not a friend anymore. It's actually you. You're the one feeling insecure. You're the one feeling weighed down by all the emotional pain that you just went through. Would you say to yourself, you know, it's time to move on, time to get over it. Like you are being lazy right now. You are not doing what you think you should be doing. Like you should try harder. You should be better. No, you should say, you know, that's so hard. 
but you're worth it. I love your imperfections. So get this idea of really relating to yourself as you would relate to a friend. We're so nice to our friends. We literally love them, even though they're crazy and wacko, but they're more fun like that. And so are we. And so we should validate ourselves with these affirmations or these, this self-compassion that, yeah, I'm worth it, especially because I'm imperfect. I wouldn't want you or me to be any other way. Thanks everyone for sticking with this episode till the end. Just to summarize what happened, the traps are taking breaks to disengage in your life, measuring your success based on how you feel and believing that pain will kill you. And your tips for overcoming these are recognizing the pain actually won't kill you, stay close to your values and give yourself permission to simultaneously be imperfect and worth it. I'll post these things on my Instagram account. Please give it a follow. Please rate this podcast. I love you all so much and don't forget to tune in next Saturday. Without further ado, everyone, let's begin living.